Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another CLCI Live here on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And today we have a special guest, a special alumni guest, Carol, with us today. And... Uh, as you can see by the title, well, maybe you can't, but the title alludes to what we will be speaking about today. Uh, stop pleasing and start coaching. We will be speaking about people pleasers, which is a bit of Carol's niche. So if you, Carol, if you want to tell everyone a little bit more about that, if you can. Well, yes, it's, I'm working on that being my niche um, uh, with, with you, my lovely team here. It's been really great to really dive into what a people pleaser is. And, um, you know, the best part about learning about people pleasing is realizing how much of a people pleaser I have been in my life and how I can also overcome, not entirely, not pleasing people any longer, but seeing it differently and you know as a coach and helping uh in a way that i won't be people pleasing for for me but what serves me but but also the the client and other people in my life and learning how to say no that's the biggest thing you know and um people pleasers you know try really hard to please everyone else but themselves and sometimes we feel like we're left out after we're, we're done um, pleasing the person that we wanted to please with, you know, showering them with gifts or doing everything for them. You know, if you're somebody at work or whatever, and that you just, you take on all the tasks, um, for example. And we, we exhaust ourselves doing that. And it's been really enlightening to learn all about the people pleaser and how to how to uh, learn to kind of reshape what that looks like and taking care of yourself at the same time or even before you end up taking care of someone else. So Anthony really and I were kind of speaking before we went live and Anthony brought up the fact that a lot of coaches are people pleasers yes. themselves. Is that something I see you shaking your head, Lisa? Do <laughs> you agree? Yes, they, they get caught up in trying to, you know, we call it the fixer as well. So it's not only, you know, trying to do nice, nice things in a way that gets you out of trouble in some fashion. It's that fixer in us that wants to come out and fix a situation. That's also a people, people pleasing behavior that coaches think that's what we ought to be doing. What else? I mean, why, why else are we here? So absolutely, yes. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here. Thank you. Someone's smashing to my door right now. <laughs> I'll be back. So since we already kind of brushed off the surface of what people, well, what we're going to be speaking about today, I guess it would be fair to actually define what people pleasing is, what makes a people pleaser. We can't I hear you. You are muted, Brooke. Maybe before we even define what a people okay. is, can you hear me now? Can you hear me yep. now? Um, we just let's list some of the traits of a people pleaser. Maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 
Carol mentioned a few. I know um, one of them that actually I was surprised to hear, or like I didn't exactly associate it with the people pleaser, was um, uh, the it's it was the sense of I'm trying to figure out the exact way to word it. Um, uh, essentially, feeling that that resentment at the end of the day, like that that hard like. At the end of the day, I feel like I have done everything for everybody else, and I am resentful um, because of it, and um, I'm frustrated. So, I, which I, it is common, of course, I associate it, but it's not, not the first thing that comes comes to mind to me with people pleasing. Exactly. So, it looks like Anthony got a package. <laughs> well, this is also an unboxing video. Oh, sweet. Uh, okay. <laughs> And hi, Mike James. How are you? <laughs> um, so, but uh, what other traits are there of people pleasers? So I, I just read this example that when we go to um, like pick things up for others and it's incorrect, we always seem to apologize for the incorrectness, even though it wasn't our fault. This is yeah, what's funny is I had, when I was um, with with uh, Cedar Farron, we had a new GM come in essentially, and he banished apologizing. Like <laughs> we had to repaint and like remake signs that said, sorry, the state, but you know, our shows aren't going on or sorry, uh, the floors are wet. He was like, we cannot, no, we're not apologizing. This is part of running our business. This is what happens. We're not saying sorry for it. We're not apologizing. Um, and it was kind of a, actually an enlightening attitude in many ways because it by apologizing you're you're admitting fault or guilt when you may not be at fault or it might just be something that has to happen right um and but but by saying sorry we're we're accepting blame but there may no not be blame to be doled out right <laughs> avoiding you, if you want to avoid blame just never say sorry yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's actually something I learned very early on working. I was like doing apprentice plumbing. Just don't ever say sorry for everything. Just say this is how it is and move on. <laughs> maybe say how it will be fixed as well, but don't ever say sorry. So when are you when is it appropriate to say sorry? Never. <laughs> don't ever do it. Um don't ever say sorry. Apologizing is right out. <laughs> Well, I think if I have misstepped, I'm I'm going to apologize, but I'm not going to, I don't usually just say, oh, sorry, and then go on with it. I will tell the story of, you know, what I'm apologizing for, not just the, I'm sorry. You know, that a lot of, as, as a couples coach, a lot of couples will get irritated with each other <laughs> using those, oh, I'm sorry. Well, what are you sorry for? That's the question. <laughs> So the maddening thing is people who apologize but don't follow up with action, right? Like, I, I'm just going to apologize lightly, but I'm not going to change my behavior. And, and at some point, that becomes so frustrating, almost like insulting. Like, um, you keep apologizing, but you're not doing anything differently. Like, um, well, that's because I'm just trying to please you in the moment, yes. right? And I haven't taken actually taken responsibility if that is a place that I needed to take responsibility. But usually if I don't follow it up, it's a place where I don't think I'm really responsible, but I'm trying to get out of trouble here. And so if I'm trying to get out of trouble, that's that people pleaser um, perspective. And that, that brings another point aspect of a people pleaser is that 
I want everybody to like me. Like I can't, the idea of somebody not liking me drives me mad. Um, that's, and that's, that's exactly, yeah, that and um, agreeing with somebody is a trait that they have. You know, you agree with everything somebody says because you don't want them to be disappointed in you. Um, saying you're sorry for everything, all of those things. Eventually, you know, you speak those words and you convince your brain that you're not worthy, that you're a mess, that you're not liked. You, you, you're saying that where you're creating your own chaos and you become, that's the, you know, the, the victim, you become that victim and then you, it just perpetuates, you know, and disappointing others. That's a big thing too, is by, you know, just because you want to agree with somebody doesn't mean that you believe in what they believe in, but it's just easier because you want to avoid that confrontation and uh, put you in a What is it that's so scary about confrontation to a people pleaser? I think because sometimes people don't know what the confrontation is going to um, evolve to, you know, they're, they're afraid of the consequence of the possibility of losing that relationship or their job or whatever it is they have that they would like to remain in. And if they don't agree, you know, there might be a big blowout and that's the end of it. You know, you're fired or we're, you know, we're breaking up or whatever. Uh, Mike Jane says, yes, you're truly convinced that you can get outside of the pattern. Always pleasing, never please. Oh, I like the, that's a great way. Always pleasing, yeah. never please. Cause that's true. There is this sort of this sense of resentment and, um, why me that goes on in this space a little bit. Um, and that's a victim uh, thought. Uh, great way of putting that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of this as we're going through it is not just something that gets instantly happens and born. It's usually something that's happened to us, um, whether it was trauma, how we grew up, all of that psychology side of things. It's what we experience the world and how it taught us. And so it becomes an important to be able to identify, which is what we're talking about now. But now what do we do about it? What do we do about that people pleasing, whether we, the coach, think we need to fix things or fall into any of these categories? Carol, how have you helped your clients? Um, I will usually I'll just ask the question, you know, um, generate a conversation that leads them to kind of thinking inwardly. Um, if, the, if I say something, for example, to where a client might say, uh, uh, I agree, or, or if I ask them a yes or no question, you know. Can uh, we do it? Let's do a sample. <laughs> okay, let's see if I can, let's see if I can do that. You can't be. <laughs> Bye, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, where is he? He just disappeared. He does not want to be part of this. They're going to just run away. Um, so, uh, uh, so I just think if I'm, I, I'll play a people pleaser. And so we would, how would we recognize this in the client? I think the client would be, be saying things like, oh, well, I, I, I can't do that. So-and-so wouldn't like that. Or I, um, uh, well, I mean, what kind of examples are things that clients might say to indicate that they're in a people-pleasing kind of space? Probably saying something to the effect of, um, I don't, 
I don't think I can do that. I've never done that. Or I don't have the strength to do that or um, whatever that might be is just, just admitting that, you know, feeling, you can almost feel them backing away their confidence is, you know, I, um, it's a passive aggressive space too. Uh, yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, I have had people around me even say, uh, clients even say, um, like Lisa had mentioned, or I believe Lisa, you mentioned taking fault or blame for something that wasn't even, even theirs, even to observe, even to, to save someone else that was standing next to them, just taking the blame. So not only you that are speaking to them, but this person next to them will still like them. It's just everyone around them. And I mean, you could just I'm trying to get in the mindset of, a, of the people pleasing space. I was trying to get like a real life example so I could actually embody the people pleaser in a coaching uh, example um uh which i which I, lisa and i are, are self-professed uh, people pleasers we, <laughs> we are we are in uh, many ways we are people pleasers and unabashedly so sometimes um but it, it can work to your benefit at times it's just not a place you want to live all the time right um so yeah there's a difference a, um someone rowdy on the phone or yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. My example kind of would be if, okay, so I am a coach, right? And I, I, I can't possibly stand the idea of, of offending or, or turning off or um, having any kind of marketing that, that might send people running the other direction, you know? Um, so I'm very neutral. I have to be very neutral uh, would be sort of, I've got to be, well, I might offend somebody. Um, if you're in a coaching space like that, that I mind it, but I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want anybody to get mad. I don't want to, I can imagine those would be great signs that your client is in that space. Um, anybody, Jerome, Jerome, I feel like you might be able to, to be, be the people pleasing example here and get coached. Absolutely. I can. Yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> so who wants, Carol, do you want to coach Jerome through some people pleasing? So yeah, I was, yes, and I was just going to follow up with what you were saying, Brooke. It's your worth depends on how others sees you, how others see you. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and we don't feel worthy as a person. The internal validation versus external validation. Uh, right. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Carol and Jerome, you guys go for it. I'm going to turn off my video and just let you guys go. Um, okay. And then, let's see what we can do. Like maybe a 10 minute session. <laughs> Have fun. All right, I'm hiding. <laughs> okay, so Jerome, I guess you're going to be the client and I'm going to be the coach. Is that how we're doing that? Yeah? Okay. And um, let me, I just a second here. I've got a message thing in front of you, so I can't see you. There we go. I had to fix that. Okay. Um, Jerome, hi. How are you? I'm doing good, Carol. Doing great. Very, good. Very well. Tell me... Um, How'd your week go? What is something you can celebrate? Um, got up real early today and got in a, a really good workout. That's one thing I'm happy about. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, what does that look like working out? Do you complete a whole circuit of things or are you focusing on one thing at a time or? Yep. It's, it's really, it was just, I got to fit a whole lot in about an hour's worth of time, which is, hard to come by sometimes now an hour so i got to do that and um 
felt good. Felt good now. I feel good. It's still running through my, my veins, the, the workout itself. So felt good. Excellent. Good, good, good. Um, what might have come up for you that you wanted to bring up today at the session? So um, I actually got into an argument with a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, and I wouldn't even really call it an argument um, because I didn't really argue. Uh, instead, I really just kind of stayed away from anything that might have turned hostile um, when this friend of mine was absolutely in the fault rather than, well, I believe so. I believe they were at fault rather than I was, at, you know, at fault. Okay. And uh, you you were speaking with this friend and what did, what did that look like uh, at the beginning of the conversation? How did, how did both of you, how were both of you at the beginning? So this friend, of course, um, it's over money. It's always money, isn't it? <laughs> so it was uh, me who actually went ahead and I loaned a friend money. Um, that friend of mine, uh, well, it was it was a bit of a prolonged interaction. It didn't happen all at once. So that happened to kind of preface it. And then I went and a couple of days went by and, you know, I figured, you know, hey, I covered you. You mind anting up now? Maybe potentially, you know, Give me, give me my money if you can, uh, if you can at the moment. And um, this friend of mine didn't respond at all. And in this moment, I would like to press the issue a bit more, but I, I just don't have it in me to do so. And why would that be? What are some things that you feel might be coming up for you in, in, that are in front of you that would keep you from pressing that? Um, diminishing the friendship, uh, maybe coming off as, uh, altering my, or his perception of who I am. Um, you know, I'm always laid back, relaxed, no worries. Trump's okay with it. It's fine. So altering that, that perception of me, um, I think is something that's holding me back as well. Okay, so I hear you're saying you might find that you'd alter that friendship if you spoke up and, and asked for your money. Yeah. Um, and that you just didn't want to rock the rock the boat. Is that kind of? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend. So I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, it's, a, there's a saying that I, I probably abide by too much is, uh, what is it, along the lines of, um, Either you lose your money or you lose your friends, something like that. Um, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on the lose your money into the spectrum, but I'm also at a point in time in my life where, you know, this is something that I probably should work on and I do want to work on. And um, I just, you know, I, I kind of, again, I, I try and prevent altercation because I'm trying to preserve that friendship and also preserve that perception of who I am um, and who people have known me to be in the past when isn't it necessarily isn't who I am now, because I mean, I like to think that I grow every day. And um, again, something that I'm working on. So I see that you acknowledge that. Um, a little bit before you had mentioned that you said, um, this is a good time for you to start, not in those words, but you had mentioned this is a, a good time for you to start. You're at the time in your of your life now where you should start this. 
has this been something that you've been um, avoiding most of your life, uh, presenting uh, what you want to say to friends or people in front of you? Pretty much. I mean, just in the really where I'm at, I know there's a way to say it that that can preserve the, the friendship. Um, but and, you know, it'll come to me. I know it will uh, because I've done it in the past. Um, but sometimes, you know, again, this is something I'm trying to work on. Really, it's not like it's an astronomical amount of money or anything like that. Um, it's really just, you know, to I, I just want to present myself as someone with respect in this friendship. It should be a two way street. You know, it shouldn't really always lean on me to, to be that respectful person in the scenario. It should always be, you know, again, on both ends of the street. What if you said that exactly to your friend? That's a, that's a, yeah. Uh, that would probably you probably gave me the the right answer or not the right answer, but yeah, the right answer or I guess the right dialogue to to give to my friend at this moment. Um, yeah, yeah, that's probably perfect. <laughs> A sincere, a sincere, uh, non-confrontational sounding way to present your feelings, showing you value your friendship. And I, I, I wonder when we overthink, um, when we overthink how we're going to say something, we sometimes feel we project too much force or too much thought into it. When sometimes, as I just heard you explain, it was very non-confrontational. Sorry, getting some bad audio the feedback. feedback yeah. yeah. Okay, I think we're good now. Um, yes, I, I would agree with that. Um, I kind of feel like we've stepped out of the coaching space though. Um, which is their cue to come back if you guys are ready. <laughs> but thank you for that, Carol. Um, yeah, thank, you. thank you for the practice. <laughs> Brooke mentioned such a simple solution, really, it usually is, but there's all these, um, I don't know, just imaginary outcomes that, you know, sometimes we put in our heads that aren't necessarily going to be the end game for whatever, you know, you do choose to do. Um, in that scenario. Bringing that up, it's a tool I actually have used with several clients before is is sort of, uh, there's actually a bunch of ways you can do it. You can do mind map it or whatever, where you can sort of imagine the worst outcomes. Like, you know, what is it? So let's, and then you, let's walk through it. Tell me what the worst outcome is. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's talk through it. Let's, let's, how would you handle that? And sometimes that visualization of the fact that they could handle the worst possible outcome they can imagine will give them the courage to do the things that they're most scared to do um, in a lot of ways. Uh, Lisa, th thoughts? Yes, I often have to operate that. I go through the litany of the worst things that can happen, and then I get to that blind leap of faith where I just have to do it and not even think about... I mean, I've put so much effort and time in about all the possibilities and ready to go. I need to just get there, make the leap, and not look and worry about the consequences in that moment. Just kind of do it. I always, I find a lot, most of the time, like I can imagine the worst like possible things. And it's, 
Uh, typically not that bad, although I've had it get worse too. <laughs> That's real helpful. Nicely done, Brooke. Um, but but honestly, we we are resilient and we can we will get through it. Um, uh, there's so much fear around things that I just I, I mean we shouldn't shouldn't be afraid to be afraid. <laughs> and to, to just do things and ask her what we want. Well, and that's kind of what I got when Jerome, I was actually going to, I, I and I know um, we shouldn't, and I shouldn't even say shouldn't, right? As <laughs> what I mean, um, I can't remember what it's called. You guys will have to help me out when you, you start to think about what you're going to talk about next. Uh -huh. But it did come into my mind, oh, you know, ask him what Brooke, what you said is what would be the worst possible outcome. Um, but Jerome, you had said something that, you know, you, you just completed that sentence of how you feel. And then I asked you that just changed my direction. And then I asked you, what if you just said that? Um, but that's the thing sometimes in that calm conversation that you seemed so calm and assured that what you were saying about how you felt and how you felt about the friend without being confrontational, it was so, it was so nice the way you said it. That's why I thought, say that, you know? Um, but sometimes that I wonder too, you know, if a conversation like that, and it would make it easier to kind of bridge over to really start the, the conversation on the right foot, as they say, but you know, because we don't know if we start off on the right foot or not, that's what we're afraid of, you know. So not overthinking it and just going into it sometimes is the best way. But yeah, it's um, it's audio is annoying me. Sorry. Okay. Here we go. Um, I think really it's 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 the fear of the worst uh, worst case scenario actually coming to fruition. That's debilitating to the point where sometimes you don't want to touch that you just kind of want to stay away from whatever that is from even working on that particular you know subject that you are you know kind of in a, in a rough space with um at least for me that's how it can be sometimes so let's, let's talk about that Jerome. what's the worst possible yeah in that scenario you lose a friend you lose a good friend okay so uh, tell me more about what that means um that means mm -hmm. You know, well, at least to me, you no longer have someone that you can kind of just be yourself around completely, um, a long-term friend, which is rare to come by um, the older you get. Um, how, how in, in this situation, if, if you, how would you imagine that coming to that point? It wouldn't, not in this situation, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could. Um, if something unexpected were thrown thrown in there, just out of random, say, you know, for example, my friend is just really upset about me asking for, you know, what what I lended, and uh, he says, you know what, no, I, I don't, I don't like that you asked me that, and I don't want to be your friend anymore. I don't, I don't. Again, that's silly, but. That would be the absolute worst case scenario, which would be extremely random. And uh, I'm sure it's probably more on his end than mine. So if that's the total worst case scenario, how many other scenarios can you think of that are not the worst? That are not the worst? Yeah. 
Uh, well, there's one that I just formulated with Carol, um, which is the end game for that is, hey, um, hopefully uh, I gain some respect and I gain, I gain what I lended back as well. And is that the best case scenario? I think so. Absolutely. Probably uh, that, again, not like the money is an astronomical amount. It's really um, me working on, you know, as a people pleaser, working on that and trying to develop, um, you know, a set of boundaries and limits to what I do allow myself to get myself into, uh, not just in the time being, but also for future scenarios. So pretty much, again, commanding a bit of respect between a mutual friendship. So if I have worst case scenario here and best case scenario here, like two ends of the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. Can you handle everything in between? I think so, yeah. So what's the first thing you have to do to get best case scenario? Um, for me, probably learn how to forget about that worst case scenario. Um, understand that that worst case scenario may not even really be a worst case scenario. Because again, if something that minute really ended up as a worst case scenario and kind of like what I explained, um, you know, worst case would be losing that friend, then maybe, maybe that wasn't the friend. Maybe it wasn't a friend that, you know, I thought I had. Again, extremely worst case scenario on the opposite end of the spectrum, but yeah. So what what is the first practical, like something you can actually do to garner, you know, if, well, I should ask you this, what's more important, forgetting the worst case or taking the step towards the best case? It's hmm. a great question. Probably moving towards the best case scenario. Um, because if I go backwards, well, that to me seems going backwards is forgetting the worst case scenario and then still proceeding to do what I'm setting out to do. That seems seems a lot, a lot more um, time consuming and energy sucking than just moving towards what the best case scenario is. So what's the first step to move towards the best case? Simply take that first step. Um, yeah, simply take that first step. And the first step is? Reach out um, as your friend. I think it would be fair now and moving forward that, you know, we worked on or we, we worked in a mutual space where we both agree um, that there's similar amounts of respect in this relationship to the point where um, I shouldn't have to haggle you for something that you already mentioned. You know, you, you would inevitably, oh, well, you said that you would get me back on, you know. Um, so one more question. When are you going to do that? after we get off. Hey, <laughs> handle. Next thing, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank um, you for that. 
but how is, I mean, from being on the receiving end of that, how, how was that for you? <laughs> it feels good. Again, it's not about the money. It's about um, just really, again, commanding respect um, for a relationship that's gone on for a very long time. Um, and really it's, it's maintenance. Um, if, you know, I continue to kind of sit back and let it continue to happen, um, is that a relationship worth really keeping? Um, you know, that's, it's, I should be maintaining that, that portion, um, which again is what I'm working on. That's, it feels good to know that I can. And, um, it feels good to understand really at the end of the day, uh, that moving towards the best case scenario is to me, it's much more beneficial and it's great to understand that well, what I'm coming to understand is it's a lot less energy consuming than trying to forget about the worst case scenario first and then moving towards the best case. So I have a question for Lisa in this space, because there's, I don't know if anybody else felt this way or thought this for a moment. Um, there, there, you could get into the realm of, um, okay, we're, we're noticing this uh and his pattern wanting to move this way and what have you but he he um was talking about respect and how it's really about respect and all of these things is that a space that we explore further if we have more time i feel like it would be but it could be also a careful place to trod or tread um as well right because you don't want to go past delve into that past stuff too much too as well right well i'm not sure that that's necessarily going to be a past thing necessarily because respect defining that i think you nailed it in the sense of that it could be a place to jump off in and ask questions because he mentioned it several times anytime anybody mentions something several times it's a place to investigate ask ask ask, ask. That's <laughs> so you you've mentioned um respect and how you have want to have respect in the relationships can you share what that's about? What you mean? Sorry, that's forward asking. Because my thought would be, there's a, you could the, where I said like the murkiness might come is him sharing. Well, it's really about respect with my friend, and so you could get used, get trapped into the, the the temptation to go. Well, tell me more about you know what's going on with you and your friend and respect, and because and that will get him kind of stuck and mired in the the past when we want to be moving forward, right? Um, so the, the idea, and great points, the idea is to keep it basic to the words that they're using and let them get to the deeper uh, um, vocabulary around it so that you're not using too much of your own, uh, your own question versus their question. Because I don't know what his question is about respect yet. Yeah. Anthony, you so you said... I think earlier in the session, Jerome said he mentioned the respect aspect and the question would be, how would you know that respect was given? Like, what does that look like? How can you describe that so that anyone could understand that? Because um, respect, that respect, that's one of those terms that are up here that I want to bring as the coach down to the ground level um, so that both me and the client under no uncircum circumstances know what that looked like. So my question would be, you would like respect from your friend and what does that look like though? Can you explore that for me? 
I don't even, I don't think I heard respect from his friend so much as respect. Yeah, I, I yeah. This would have been a better question to ask right as that. You know, like, <laughs> now I'm just trying to remember. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think but too, if well, something well, were like that to happen in a hypothetical coaching situation, that's part of grounding the goal of him wanting money back to sort of an emotional anchor of respect. Yes. And that, and then blaming those students. I mean, mm -hmm. that's sort of what the, that's that, that this is a great demonstration of what we mean when it, we say a client will come in and want to talk about one thing. So Jerome came in and wanted to talk about getting money back, but the true issue, once you start to ask deeper questions is that Jerome wants respect. Um, and that's really when, so you'll, that, that might be where that conversation shifts, but you can see how it's a very natural shift and to go deeper and into that space. And this is a good demonstration of that as well. I suggested in our side chat that Jerome just break his kneecap. <laughs> yes, I think it's the way to go. That's much, much, much healthier way. That'll earn me some respect for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. Also, here's a question. Um, maybe for the coaches, what if Jerome just went that direction? I'm going to beat him up. Yeah, what if a client <laughs> like, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to break his nose. <laughs> what do you uh, uh, harm myself, yourself, or others? <laughs> That's not harm others. No. Yeah. And that's what you report him to. You report, you report, you report. <laughs> now, now, okay, play this out for a moment. Not at all Jerome's modus operandi. But um, uh, so if, let's say we have a client just say, yeah, I just really want to beat him up. Like something like that. Yeah. Vague term, but it's not. Um, do you keep asking in that space? Or do you like, well, tell me more about that beating up. <laughs> well, I just picture myself. <laughs> um, or you just end it right there. How how would you handle that? I'm curious. Mike says yeah. nobody's speaking up. Nobody in this on this panel is speaking up to this question. They're all like, I don't know how I'd handle. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, it is going to be a question that, you know, sh share more about that. What, what do you mean? Well, I'm just kidding. Is what you're going to get for the most part. And I have to follow through and make sure this is um, a kidding moment because you can tell when someone's serious and when someone's kidding for the most what, part. Then but, my, do you take that risk, though? Like, do you take his, what if you're in, what if for this one time? I mean, I don't know that I would take the liability there. I think I would report right. regardless. Yeah, right. that's, that's, what gonna, that's what I was going to go with. Do you take a step? Because in terms of legality, if somebody's like being very specific, that counts as criminal threats. If they're being general, just like, I'm just going to rough them up. You know, you can also just ask them. So you're saying that you want to rough them up. How is that? How tell me how that's going to serve you, or how how's that going to serve your friend? And then get them to elaborate on that more because most of the time, they'll they'll say, well, not really rough them up, but and then get them to really just sometimes they say that in frustration, but ask them how that's going to serve them. You know, just keep I mean, maybe it's something you, you a rapport you already have with your client where you know you, this is these are just yeah. terms. 
Giant uses. And this is just in their vernacular. Like they don't. They're not actually violent. They just like to talk about violence. Um, but. <laughs> but though, my, my, I, I, if though, I would, I, something in me says refer them to anger management. Like, do this, this on, yeah. we're starting to move into DSM-5. Like, I just, everything starts to red alert for me in this phase. Um, just for my own and anybody else's protection for that matter. Um, Would this be a good in-between though, to just sort of take a step- It's like the total opposite of people pleasing, by the way. I'm just gonna beat them up. Here's the thing though, people pleasers tend to- They can snap, yeah, they can snap. You know, they could snap, but- my question is, though, would it be a good idea just to have the intermediary step between just reporting someone and saying, stepping outside of the coaching session and being like, hey, I know we're partnered together, but we're working towards solutions that aren't damaging to you or other people in that sort of way. So if we could steer towards those kind of solutions that aren't like that, we could continue partnering with each other. Yeah, can you be like Earnest. Yeah, that's not okay. Like that's not okay. We're not beating anybody up here. Like like that's kind of my Mike Mike like, said a rapport. What? Mike put a thing. Uh, uh, um, put that one in the from Mike because I think that one's a good response. Yeah. Hey, <clears throat> it rhymes too, Mike. Mike, you're a poet. Amazing. Carol, what are you saying? Oh, I was just actually I was saying that it depends on the report of the you know with the that relationship that you have with the client if it's you know someone you really know that you, that you can get that point what Brooke, was, Brooke was talking about and hey we're not going to beat anybody up you know but if they really do seem angry rather than get into that anger because that's outside of your coaching realm then yes you know uh, let them know if you can refer them, you know, that you can refer them out and do just that um, and report I mean, it if you have to. It's a big, I mean, it's a thing. Uh, hopefully at some point as adults, we, we learn that, that violence is not the answer, you know? And so mind you, there is a, it, 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 we can have a space to release anger and things like that, but regardless, it's a threat. And I just would not, I just wouldn't play in that world. I, I think so. we're really not talking about anger. We're talking more about rage. Yeah. So rage is yeah. the, the, really the term we're, we're discussing here. Uh, and someone who is an enraged kind of person I would not coach. Mm -hmm. They're not really potentially coachable at this moment until they seek the proper help. Now, um, Laura asked a great question. Would you still, if it's anger, yeah, I'm going to still work with someone who's angry, but if it's a, a rage, that's not, I mean, that's all kinds of chemistry going on there. That's not a place that you can even operate in. So getting them to go to the proper, um, therapist or, or management system is going to be important. Would I continue coaching them? Not until they've gotten some um, skills under their belt, and then we can then probably pick up from there. It's going to depend. Yes. I have a devil's advocate kind of situation. Yeah. Well, what, what if I'm a client and I go, well, I've just been having, I'm not, I'm never going to act on these things. I'm never, this is never going to go anywhere. This is never, but I just, I've been having this recurring thought image in my head and I just need to tell somebody about it. I feel like I just need to get it out, and, but it's never going to go anywhere. It's never going to go beyond the space. And the client 
is, is predicating the situation with this kind of information. Um, but I just feel like I need to talk to somebody and just get it off my, like get this image out so it stops repeating in my head. And then you ask, what is that? Well, I'm just beating the crap out of somebody. Like, I'm just, you know, and, but it's not a threat. It's just, in that situation, I don't feel like it's a threat uh, for some reason. I mean, I think every situation's gonna be different. I think, you know, the energy that they infuse, the words they use, the, the body language that comes along with it is going to you know, tell you whether it's a rage kind of behavior or an anger kind of behavior, or frankly, just refer out. I mean, that's going to be perhaps a beyond your scope of practice. Conversation. We have had two, we've had two of these things about hot-headed clients and about angry clients, and we never talked about like rage in the situation. And it was people pleasers that got us here. <laughs> yeah, it evolves. That escalated. So much about people pleasing, doesn't it? <laughs> um, how it can just make people crazy after a while. It absolutely can. Um, so uh, I think you know. I find that um, um, saying saying something like for pleasing, you know, instead of people that can't say no, there's other ways to say no without saying no, like saying I don't instead of I can't. I don't is a little more powerful than I can't. I won't. I won't. I'm not. I won't. I don't. That's not. Much more powerful than I can't. And, you know. Standing in that power can be a very... Standing in the power of just, of no, it can mm. be very, I mean, it can be addicting. <laughs> Once if, you start. if you think about the, the ways that you can't have not been able to say no to people sometimes, um, I had read somewhere too, and it helped me in my coaching, um, I don't know if it was a book, whatever, but you take, uh, take stock, it said taking stock of situations that you can't say no um it helps you to recognize when something comes up again when certain situations like that come up again and it gives you a little bit of time you know you know you hold space for yourself so you you know don't beat yourself up speaking of beating up and just taking stock of those times you say no and and that way you're more you recognize better when when a situation comes up where you thought you might say no but now maybe you can you can uh answer differently or well, that you know, brings that brings up a whole other thing, piece to people pleasing though, because people pleasers notoriously do not make time for themselves. And notoriously- right, that's what I'm saying, you need to- So like, but yeah, you have to back up like, and, and that's like, what is the, what is the step one of breaking a people pleasing pattern? Like what is the, 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 the a, a practical step one? What can I do today to, to stop pleasing? Well, it's just, just saying no is giving yourself that break. Just saying it, just saying it, you know, it's easy for me to say that, but. I'm going to ask if this was in the coaching space or like as a general tip to people pleasers out there. I think we either should. one, I think, I mean, either space. Yeah. So one of the things that I'll do. I, ask me. I, I want to know so what I can do, Brookadere Walters can do today to stop pleasing people. <laughs> one of the things that I will do in this session is help them find their identification to what what this is. This is the people pleasing portion. 
And then we didn't have this piece. We could put this up on that invisible wall shelf, put it there. What's going to replace it if we're no longer people pleasing? So it gets them to define and, and like Mike said, set boundaries on who they want to be in the particular situation as they grow with that and, and test to see if that works for them, then the boundaries can increase and they can, they can oftentimes blossom in other directions and build upon concept. But you have to know what is going to go in. If you remove that, what's going to go in and that replacement? Punching. People punching. <laughs> I'm going to go from people punching. Let's go. Put up your dudes. <laughs> um, um, it's, but that's a big, a very important, that's that, but I think it all comes down, at least for me, if it were self-awareness, that awareness piece is huge because you're gonna, being able to recognize, oh wait, that was a people-pleasing moment. Okay, I'm gonna do it differently. I'm gonna say no next time. But but it's about bringing, like taking that conscious beat of going, okay, I am gonna notice when I do this. And maybe it's picking one thing uh, and that, that you know that is a people-pleasing behavior and, and saying, okay, I'm gonna notice when I do this now and try to curb that. Mm -hmm. And then and you can sort of take it bit by bit that way, I would, I would think. Um, yeah, it's sort of the awareness, like, because not all people pleasing is bad. You have to always people bad. please to a certain extent. make people happy. Okay, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> but, you know, people, to get through life, you have to appease some people so that it's just things are easier to just get through. But at a certain point, you should have an awareness and take stock of like throughout your day. Okay. Was this moment a moment that I allow to be a people pleaser moment or did it happen by ah, instinct? Because, doing it on your terms. Yes. Right? Because you should people please on your terms. We're not saying people pleasing under no circumstance, under no other circumstances bad, but doing it on your terms when you allow it is when you get that power. And then if there's, too much of people pleasing for your liking, then you can identify moments. I could have done something differently or I should have done something differently. This ties into that like gut awareness and instinct thing, right? So like the moment, this, this is for me, it's my red light, like my red alert. Like the moment I start to feel like icky or out of alignment or my stomach feels weird or I'm like, ooh, something's off here. That means that something is, I need to adjust because I'm. it means that that something is not in alignment with with what my balance with what's right to me yeah. and i think a people somebody who's stuck in a people pleasing space would keep going that way even if it made them feel terrible and and the the healthier space is to recognize it and then make an adjustment so that it doesn't happen again or figure out what that adjustment may be so two kinds of terminologies people pleaser versus being kind so extending kindness to others is coming from our heart Yes. Right. People pleasing is just. Yeah, yeah. It's putting. It, yeah, it's putting your your. It's it's checking what you want. It's doing sort of not acting in alignment. It's I want this, but I'm doing this. Um, and it's just it's when you're out of alignment with your your values and yourself. I would say. Um, I had a question. And I forgot what it is. So never mind. Well, <laughs> something came to my mind too. Is you know the like we were saying taking stock stops you know learning to say no but also remembering if you still have trouble saying no what are other ways you don't have to focus on that but brooke you mentioned doing something one thing at a time and then stop apologizing 
you know, get in that. We, we just stop apologizing. That's not saying no. That's just not saying sorry. I'm sorry. Just not saying, just not saying anything. Yeah. Well, or when you say it, that would be a conscious. Like, I, it, I, think, yeah. I think, well, I think Own it. coach hat off. If I say I'm sorry, I'm going to fall and mean it. I'm following it up with this is how I'm going to adjust my behavior from here forward. So I'm not sorry again. And like, I'm going to actually verbalize that. So, you know, right. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I uh, accidentally took my neighbor's package and I didn't realize it was mine. Now on, I'm going to be more mindful and read the names on the packages before I grab them from the front of the house. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's, it, it and it's that that's for me is like the difference between a genuine apology and like, a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying to please you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry it's not always a bad thing either. No, I, I mean, stop, not stop apologizing like ever. After you break the guy's kneecaps, don't say <laughs> sorry. I love the silence. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that you forced me to do this. After his kneecaps are <laughs> obliterated and I reach into his pocket for his wallet. Why did you make me do this? Sorry, stop. your kneecaps <laughs> were in the way. The other end of the spectrum, like Anthony mentioned, though, is we have to exist um, in a world with other people. We we can't swing the other direction and pretend that we're autonomous human beings that don't have to actually, you know, figure out how to operate uh, in a way that is not in friction with other human beings. And so it's that's courteous. I mean, being courteous, being aware of others, and being aware of myself, and 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 really being also knowing what hill to die on because it's knowing. Period. It's, it's taking the moment to know what your choices are and know why you're doing them and not just react. It's acting, not reacting, really. Me, I think me personally, I have the opposite problem. I am discourteous and too troublesome sometimes, but I could just <laughs> let things go. I can just people please and just say, like, okay, okay. let's move on. Like, you know, I choose to get in arguments for no good reason. <laughs> That's not really pleasing to myself or yeah, other people. It doesn't do anyone. You're selling good. yourself short, Anthony. I haven't seen you argue yet with anyone. Well, I, I, have. I have. I bet. I bet. <laughs> yes, Brooke knows um, <laughs> that I do not have a people-pleasing streak. But yeah, it's important not to swing the other direction to the extreme of just getting fights with people it's it's fun for a little bit it feels good to be empowered <laughs> after you haven't had that power for so long but you're going to realize that it's not going to get you far it's, yeah, it's, it's always the balance We're, we want to live in gray we don't want to live in black and white we, we want to acknowledge black and white see black and white be aware of black and white but we want to return to the gray space if we oh, that, so maybe the title of this video and blog is like finding the balance between people pleasing and people punching <laughs> right? It's perfect. Exactly. Don't there go out go. and punch people. Um, so <laughs> we have a few minutes left. Final thoughts, guys. <laughs> I like what Mike just wrote. I used to have my kids, when I would take them to school every morning, have this um, a mantra. And the end of the mantra was always, and especially to ourselves, be kind to ourselves, especially ourselves. Be kind to everyone and especially ourselves. I don't remember the whole thing. It was a whole thing. I made I it the same thing. You know, be be nice to you. Don't do don't anything do that, you know, to yourself or anyone to get hurt and you should be okay. Stop and stop and think. 
Is it kind? Is it is it true? Is it you know? Is so? Yeah. I have such a different upbringing than you guys. Like, such a, like my dad. My dad was like, I'm punching guys in plaid tonight. <laughs> like that was my upbringing. <laughs> you know, one day I pissed me off, so I'm punching everybody in plaid. Okay, Dad, let's go. Like that's, that was my seriously. Those are Friday night plans. That was, that was what we were doing. Um, uh, that that happened. This is not a joke. Um, and that was like that, my dad's approach. Like he's, uh, you and what army is gonna stop me? Like so. That, that's what. I mean, do yeah, you want. There you go. Final thoughts. Don't punch people. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, uh, not it's such a different. <laughs> And do as others might. I think the one you know, do and be kind to yourself. My dad said, "Don't or do, don't do anything I didn't do. But if you do, name it after me." So that was pretty much like that was my. Uh, uh, but I agree. At the end of this, I think it's just. I think just take a moment, be self-aware, and 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 recognize when you're out of balance and and pivot. Make it do what's right for you, because at the end of the day, you are who you have to live with, <laughs> um, the most really <laughs> understand what your own boundaries are and and you know practice that you know set those up you'll be okay too like you i mean it might you might be uncomfortable you might uh not somebody might get mad somebody but you'll be okay are you for the most part there's some uh, situations that are completely you know random that we but in 99% of the cases, everything will be okay um, if you say no, if you yeah. if you say what you're really thinking. Um, people have a great deal more understanding than we give them credit for, uh, I think, a lot of times. So, yeah. Yeah. It's going to feel awkward, though, for the people pleasers who are now being kind and using their strength and boundaries. It feels awkward. But, but then they're going to get a taste of it, and they're going to be like, yes. <laughs> I want more of this. <laughs> it's true though, because I had some I former I was a people former people pleaser and then I, I got started to say no and then, then I became the grim reaper at my job and got very used to breaking people's hearts and um and it was it was there's some power in that as well. There absolutely is. Um so uh I can yeah. say as a people pleaser, um some of the most exhilarating moments are where I am uh outright in an argument with someone but there's this mutual understanding of this isn't you know there's nothing bad that will come from this and just being able to shoot back and forth is just it's nice and that's when you're dealing with reasonable adults and that are and and that's the amazing like that's that commitment of if i'm around reasonable people and we are friends there's always this understanding that no matter what happens we're going to return to like a space where we can actually be adults and speak to each other and like Otherwise, I don't really want to be your friend. Like, if you can't do that, if you can't, like, let things calm down and then come around and have an adult conversation, we're probably not going to be friends uh, for very long. Or not close friends. Not friends that where, where I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to always know that you're not capable, so I'll always keep it kind of uh, light and distant, <laughs> essentially. So, um, but that's, I mean, that's being an adult, I think, uh, yeah. at some point, right? Yeah. Yep. Here's my takeaway for everyone. Yes. Uh, people pleasing in of itself is not a bad thing, but learn how to people please strategically on your terms to your benefit. That's a coaching program, strategic people pleasing. <laughs> I, 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 I copyright that. That's mine. No one else can do that. 
You heard it here yeah. live. Yeah, you see it, right? You can see that right there. This is strategic people pleasing. Oh, yes, I'm in a strategic people pleasing program right now. Yeah. <laughs> picture people like strategically trying to. <laughs> like, like, like how to win friends and influence people. It's a little, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Boo, that's a bad book. That's my opinion. Well, this uh, actually, I'm not doing that. We're doing strategic yeah. people pleasing, okay? It's, it's a new hat. <laughs> I found um, it. It exists already online. You guys are too late. Oh man, we're late. <laughs> Somebody beat us to it. <laughs> All righty. I think that's about wraps this up. Uh, Jerome, you started this. Why don't you sign off? <laughs> um, short and sweet. Um, I know people pleasers as one myself. Uh, we pride ourselves in being mindful, but it's important to not just be mindful of those around you. Be mindful of how you're feeling as well, because you cannot pour from an empty glass. So if you're not taking care of yourself, it's going to be really difficult to actually please those around you. So that's my takeaway. And we shall see you guys next Tuesday at 4. And thank you, Carol, so much for being here. Thank you, everybody. Oh, thank if you, you like Carol, check you. her out. Central's thank you, Carol. Yes, she's awesome. And then uh, also check out Certified Life Coaching. So, Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.